Radio Energy, the sound of students. Hello and welcome to Energy Extra Time. I'm Sean McGill and today I'm joined by my, ca- my co-host Cameron Wonstow. How are you today mate? I'm fine mate, I'm well. How are you? I was feeling a bit under the weather this week, but I was cheered up last night. I was cheered up last night. Um, let's just quickly explain what we're about here at Energy Extra Time. So we already know that um, there's a brilliant football podcast brought to you by Radio Energy, the Football Roundup, uh, who come out on a Monday. So we thought we'd plug that gap midweek, talk to you about all the midweek action, and also preview the weekend ahead. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. Um, I should probably elaborate as to why I was in a good mood yep. last yep. night. Um, so we'll start where we have to start at Rugby Park. Kilmarnock 2, Rangers 1. Yep. Mm-hmm. Great game. It was a great game. It was a great game. It was. Um, especially if you're a Kilmarnock fan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which today I'm quite proud to be. <laughs> um, so I was worried to start off with. I saw Kelly go 4 4 2. The strikers, the strike partnership has been working really well recently between Amy Brophy and Nicky Kabamba. But I thought Rangers have a fantastic midfield. And um, uh, yes, last night, uh, Wednesday night, it was Jordy, Bo, Scott, Arfield, and the returning Ryan Jack. But Kilmarnock dealt with them perfectly, really, yeah. really well. The yeah. two strikers sat deep on that midfield. Uh-huh. The wingers cut off the fullbacks, and it just let Conor Goldson and Nikola Katic have mm-hmm. the ball. Yeah. Um, first half, Rangers dominated. Yeah. Uh, how would you sum up that first half? First half, Rangers were definitely the stronger team. Uh, a lot of good chances. Kilmarnock really did sort of sit back. Like you said, cut them off a little bit. Front two gave them a lot of trouble. Um, the back line, all the direct play over the top that Rangers centre-backs just couldn't really handle. Um, but it took a lot for Kilmarnock to be broken down. I think that's shown by the Arfield goal. The Arfield goal was a streamer, what, 30 yards out probably. Great hit. Really good strike, uh-huh. but and I've been critical of Kilmarnock keepers this season. Uh-huh. It's not in the corner, and I think... Jan Koprovic should do a little but bit better with that one. Have you seen, uh, have you seen his eye line though? His eye line is blocked. I, I don't know. I blocked. don't know. Why are you I defending think, him? I, I think, don't know. I think, it's I think it was a good strike from Arfield, definitely. But I don't know. I, don't know. I think we could have done a wee bit better in that um, department. But second half, it was a completely different yeah, game. Definitely. Kelly were hungrier than Rangers. They wanted the ball more than Rangers. They pressed high up the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all changed when Cedar O'Donnell got that equaliser. Yeah. That was really... So, uh, <laughs> the handball. <laughs> so, Cameron's desperate to get onto these refereeing decisions. I don't know why he's so desperate to defend Rangers. Um, but as the first cross goes over, they end up reaching Nico Hamelainen, who provides the assist for yeah. Stephen O'Donnell. I think it's McKenzie. As Rory McKenzie goes up to challenge the ball. Mm-hmm. And the ball does make contact with his hand. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think it should be a free kick. But by the law, I think it is one, isn't it? Well, the new rule states that if an attacker yeah. handles the ball in the lead-up to a goal, yeah. then the goal should be ruled out, exactly. and it's mainly there to accommodate VAR. Yeah. But, I mean, even Steven Gerrard said after the game that isn't it's a handball, and he said that yeah. Rangers would be clutching at straws if they said exactly. that, that goal should have been ruled Definitely. out. So I Definitely. think morally we can say it should have stood, but in the, by the letter of the law, mm. it probably mm. should have been ruled out. Yep. Then later on... Um, Rangers have the ball in the back of the net, they've got mm-hmm. their winner. Yep. Um, Morelos heads the ball in under Koprovic, but uh-huh. he's a judge to have pushed Stuart Fidley. Defin- what are you laughing at, Cameron? Definitely not. What are you laughing it's at? Definitely not. No way. The flop is... Two hands at the back? It's hard to watch. 
it's honestly hard to watch. There's no way someone, what height is Stuart Finlay? 6'2", 6'3". Quite a tall no, man. He's a strong guy. No way he flops like that. No way. But either way, what can you do? Because, what, was it a few minutes later? Or am I getting the timing wrong here? No, it wasn't too much longer. Not too much I just want to say on the Finlay decision, um, as much as I'd love to say that it was a stonewall free kick, I mm. do think that Stuart Finlay has made the most of it. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. Morelos has got his hands high, but, yeah, I mean, he's thrown himself to the ground. Yeah. Mm. Um, but in these sorts of games against Celtic and Rangers, you've got to do it. Um, it has to be I've done. Not lost, I've not lost any respect <laughs> for Stuart Findlay, let's put it that way. Um, but then, as you said, it led to a winner, which, from a Rangers perspective, is really uh, poor defensively. Well, right after, right after it was Tavernier had a really good effort. Yep. Just over the bar. Could have been a great winning goal. And then straight from a goal kick, they managed to get behind the defence. Yep. And take nothing away for the finish, but the defending is... A goal kick Shocking. that goes straight onto the head of Nicky Kabamba, who flicks it on really well. Uh, um, but Conor Goldson, the, like, yeah. the, the real, so he's meant to be the rock fade. of that Rangers yeah. defence. So flat. And fade. yeah, Eamon Brophy, ball bounces over his head. Brophy gets in behind. It is a fantastic it's finish a across a across Alan McGregor. Mm -hmm. um, and again, Kelly beat Rangers. They really, really struggled at Rugby Park. I know early in the season they did beat them, but it was a, mm -hmm. an injury uh, time header from Conor Goldson mm -hmm. that got them that win, but uh -huh. I mean, Gerard doesn't have a winning record against Kilmarnock and he does struggle. No. Mm -hmm. And it just shows how well um, Dyer has done at Kilmarnock to go out a 4-4-2 against Rangers and to pull it off is a risky, it is risky because most folks would say a oh, 4-4-2, sort of old pragmatic football, but he's put out there, he's got two good strikers now with um, Brophy being joined up to, what's his name? Nicky Kabamba. Nicky Kabamba, that's the one, and he's just, well, he got the assist for that second goal. It's a great header, great assist. Uh, so, from a Kilmarnock fan's perspective, I wasn't keen on the appointment of Dyer. Um, I know that he was a very popular figure around the club, I know that the players had a lot of respect for him, um, but he was given the job on an interim basis after Angelo Alessio was prematurely sacked and there's a lot of Kilmarnock fans and a lot of the media. Um, and he was given the job after three consecutive losses without scoring a goal. Yeah. So you thought, well, how was he impressed uh, in that it time? It never got any better straight away. Either. Exactly, it there wasn't, there wasn't that immediate bounce, mm -hmm. yeah. but he's shown himself. I mean, yeah. since um, coming back from the winter break, we have lost um, to Celtic, but... But you've not the lost league. since, I don't think. Apart from that, it's um, that's three, league wins, two, three, three wins. wins in a row, eight goals scored in that time, so mm -hmm. we've solved the goal-scoring issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, looks like maybe Steve Clark had nothing to do with his success. <laughs> it's Alex Dyer all <laughs> Alex along. Dyer. Uh, so, from um, from my team, mm -hmm. I guess we'll we'll chat about yours now, yes, we who will. perhaps mm -hmm. didn't have such a good night. No, no not at all. Um, Celtic 5, Hearts 0. It's a really sore one to take. It's not that you didn't see it coming, but you never want to lose 5-0 to any team, even if they're top of the table in your bottom. It was just embarrassing, the way to say it, I'd maybe say. I, I don't think the first half, I think we were okay the first half, only lost 1-0, uh, Olivier and Sham scoring. Um, I, I think we actually made some chance, uh, chances. I think Walker had a good attempt, maybe it was the second half, and Naismith had a really good attempt. We had one from a set piece as well, I'm sure. Um, but it wasn't overly... It wasn't all Celtic, the first half. The thing you're saying is that there was only the one goal in the first half, mm. but um, it was a really poor goal to give away. Oh, yeah. Because oh. the shots came in, and 
everyone's favourite goalkeeper, Joel Pereira, yep, parries it straight into the mm-hmm. path. A fan's favourite. Of Olivier and Cham. Yep. Um, that, that man is contracted to Manchester United. <laughs> and Manchester United he, he cannot parry a shot wide of the post. And it's not even the first mistake. I think he made about two last week on his own. Uh, somehow he kept a clean sheet against Falkirk. I think the woodwork saved him three times. So I think that sums up everything you need to know about him. Um, well, not great defending either. I don't think he can all be shoved on the goalkeeper, but it's still not good enough. Um, I wanted to ask you about the defence, because Craig Halkett and John Suter are, not even in terms of just defenders, in the league as a whole, are mm-hmm. seen as two of the top players, yeah. great young prospects. Great and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the teams in the division would kill to have those Definitely, two as their yeah. centre-back pairing, but even Daniel Steno coming in, it still hasn't quite no, clicked. I know Suter was injured and then Halkett had his injury problems, but mm-hmm. what do you think is going wrong in that Hearts defence? I honestly don't know. I don't know if it's more an issue with the midfield in front of them. I don't know if it's a problem with the ball coming in on the wings. Obviously, Sean Clare is just a sort of makeshift right back. Um, doing well. Doing well. I can't take it away from him, but 90% of the time his defending's on point. Sometimes he is at fault for a goal or two. Um, the left back's a big problem. We've got Ben Garusho who's been out, he's been out for about a year, nine months maybe minimum. And he's getting thrown back in for full 90-minute games. A.D. White, who was out for three years before we signed him. We signed him during a three-year injury stint out. Don't understand that. And also we're missing Aaron Hickey, who has a really, really good prospect. So we can't say anything about him. But I just struggle to see how the centre-backs are so poor. Like, you even saw it in that game. There's a goal. Can't exactly blame it. It was Halkett or Souter. The ball goes through his legs. Yeah, and, I um, it's so. Sure. I think I just I struggle to see how we're shipping so many goals at the back. I think there's only one or two teams that have conceded more than us. I know Ross County have conceded the most, but we have such a poor goal difference and we're somehow rooted to the bottom of the table with the best centre-back pair in the league, in my opinion. Better than goals in the catch. That's a better big than claim. Because Celtic, yeah, they have Christoph Iyer, but I, I don't know how any of the other centre-back pairings are better. Iyer and Julian? Oh, I don't Maybe Julian, Julian's coming back into it now. Maybe by the end of the season my mind will be changed. But at the start of the season, Julian was a bit of a bomb scare. Uh, he's getting better now, though. I'll give him that. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you saw the performance at Rugby Park last night, but I think Stuart Finlay and Dario Del Fabro would have uh, something to say about that I don't know as about well. That. But we'll move on before we get too heated about that one. Um, we should quickly mention Celtic, their usual fantastic oh, selves. Uh, I think um, they were helped. They, they scored within a minute of the second half starting. Straight from it, it was a set piece. Julian, ironically, great header. McGregor scored a goal. Christie got one 62 minutes, which was just 10 minutes after McGregor's. Sumenovic's goal was just a consolation, really. And then, of course, Langer rounded the game out of that red card, which <laughs> yeah, one of the most ridiculous tackles I have ever seen. Just wanted daily shower. Just wasn't fancying <laughs> it definitely. at all. Um, and even you can see in those highlights, um, I wasn't sure how well... I know Edwards a fantastic link player, but Griffiths has always been a standalone striker. He's always been, yeah, he's yeah. for the majority of his career, he's been the focal point, and he's great at getting behind the channels. But they link up so well together. Yeah, Odds and Edward is just by far my favourite player to watch in the league, oh, and I 100%. think he's by far the best player in the league. Hundred percent. He's just every he's electric, and yeah. just the stuff he does with the ball. He's yeah, so smart at finishing. I think he is better than Dembele, who was there before him. I would say right now. I'm putting that out there. Better I think they'd get more money for him. I think yeah. they'll get more money for yeah. Edward because Tierney's gone for 25 million, so exactly. how much would Definitely. Edward go for? So the big question coming out of, that comes out of these two games mm-hmm. is the title race over? Well, what is it? It's 10 points now. The Rangers have a game against St Johnston. Yep, game in hand. Is that home or away? 
I could not tell you for certain. Could not tell me. Right, well, I think away could be tricky in the form they're in. Is it home? I think Rangers still have that game tied up. I don't think that's a problem. So let's say seven points. Either way, you would think that Rangers are always going to be the heavy favourites playing in St Johnson. Yeah. So. But seven points. How many games are there? Twelve games? Remember, in six of them are split games. Tough opponents. Um, how many times do they have to play each other till the end of the season? Two more games against each other. I don't see Rangers winning both of them. I don't see Celtic dropping any more than two or four points. Rangers have played outside, Celtic yeah. off the pitch twice this season. I mean, they were lucky till this League Cup final and then they went to Parkhead. They could maybe win one of them. I don't see them winning both. I just, I just don't. There's, I think there's still mileage in this title race, and I do think Celtic will win the league. But you can't say that that it's gone yet. I mean, those two games—that's six points. There's still, you can't expect Celtic to not slip up. I still a think. More times. I still think Celtic could win it, but it's tighter than in a lot of the years before. That's for sure. Like you said, it's got a lot of mileage. It doesn't usually even get to this point sometimes. So it can just blow everyone out of the water. But I don't think they're the same team under New Lennon as they were under Brendan Rodgers. So I don't think it's wrapped up yet either. But if Celtic win the first derby between them towards the end of the season... Oh, I think that would put it to bed. That's it. I think that's so. it wrapped up. Um, but I think the, intri the difference between them is it is more of a mentality thing. I don't think there's that much of a difference in the squads. But, for example, that's... Wednesday night, that's the third time in three seasons that Rangers have gone to Rugby Park and went a goal ahead yeah. and ended up losing the game. Mm -hmm. Whereas Celtic, if you go from now to the start of Brendan Rodgers' tenure, have only gone a goal up once in the Premiership and lost that game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So only if Celtic go a goal ahead, it's they're at least drawing it, yeah. probably winning it. It's a definitely but a mentality thing. Quick, 100%. quick note that, that that one time is also at Rugby Park. You've just got to get that. Um, You've got to get that. But there, that is the difference between the, the two yeah. sides, I think. No, but I agree, 100%. Don't have anything to say against that. Totally agree with you. So let's see if you've got anything to say against our next topic. How worried should Hearts fans be about the prospect of relegation? Well, I am one. I can tell you <laughs> it's, it's starting to get a bit worrying. The whole season, even after five, six games when we're struggling, you're thinking, yeah, but the teams, they're too big to go down. The team's too good to go down. Last time we went down, it was administration. Like, that's a totally different ballpark, deducted points and stuff. This time around, we are going down because we cannot win games. We cannot score goals. And right now, with Pereira and goals especially, we cannot keep clean sheets either. It's... Simple as that, we are just a relegation team right now. Even though, I'd say on paper, we have probably the third best team in the league. Admittedly, Hibs have made some good additions. I, I'm not saying Hibs maybe can challenge us for that right now. But I think start of the season, Hearts had the best team on yeah. paper and with additions... Yeah. We shouldn't not Liam be getting Boyce, looks a good player. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what needs to change? What needs to happen in these next few weeks? That Well, we saw in January there was a massive cleaver. We got rid of the captain, Christoph Berra, who was getting past it, simple as that, had no pace on him whatsoever, too easy again behind. Brought in Daniel Stendhal, of course, and even though his football has been entertaining, it's been attractive, it's not working, it's not paying off. Um, we, we sold all, a lot of Deadwood, we got money for Jake Mulraney, got rid of Stephen McLean on a loan as well, I'm sure, to Rafe Rovers, got rid of Craig Whiten, so players that should have no business being in that team, they're all gone, and we've signed them players that should have business being in that team, Leon Boyce, Marcel Wanger, and it's not changed at all. We seem to be getting the same. We got that good win against Rangers, obviously. But now it's looking that maybe it was just a one-off. Maybe that was more Rangers and their mentality issues than it was Hearts actually coming back. Well, maybe being a bit harsh, I mean, they have got thumped against Celtic, as many teams do and have mm. done over the past five or so years. Um, but 
it'll be the next couple of games that are really important. Yeah, the, the next one, especially. Daniel Stendhal. They mm -hmm. welcome Hamilton to Tyne Castle on Saturday, then the following Friday they go away to St Mirren. How do you how are you how are you feeling going into those games? Do you think that Hearts yeah. are going to rock out the six points? Do you think they need to do a lot more? I think most fans would take four. We'd, we'd take a slip up in one of them, and as long as we get the other three points, if we were to slip up to Hamilton, a win against St Mirren is more than necessary. If we were to beat Hamilton, we could go into the St Mirren game though, and a slip up wouldn't be a disaster. But at the end of the day, we should be taking six points from Hamilton and St Mirren. It's the fact you're saying that, that like Hearts are, yeah, we're in this relegation that. battle, or we'll maybe take four points against. It's a we should we should, be, affairs, we should really be going into this stage of the season, going right. We need these six points to go away from Aberdeen and Hibs and teams like Motherwell and Levy who are flying at the moment. We should be trying to get away into Europe, trying to get third place. I'm not saying we're at the team at the level of Celtic and Rangers, but that's what our aim should be. We are that big a club. We are third biggest club in my opinion, but we just somehow are rooted to the bottom of the table. We're now genuinely feared that if we lose to Hamilton and St Mirren that we'll be going to do the championship next season and playing Arbroath, Aloha, all those teams again like we did six years ago. So. Do you not think that's part of the issue at heart? So like what you were saying there, we are the third biggest team, yeah. we shouldn't be in this mess, but we really need to realise that hearts are in this mess. Definitely. Um, Towards like the months of October and November, a lot of fans were, the, the feeling was we're too big to go down. It's fine, it'll turn around. Even when Levine was at the club, you would say that we are too big to go down. And now I think it's a hard-hitting reality that, that no one is. No one is ever in any season, you know? So we're talking about how important that Hamilton game is on Saturday, on Tuesday night, they welcomed Aberdeen to Lanarkshire. Um, and the big storyline going into that game was Sam Cosgrove was dropped to the bench at Aberdeen, changed the shape. What do you, th what do you think of Cosgrove? Because he gets quite a, a, a harsh rap, I would say. Um, his goal numbers are fantastic. He's already exceeded his tie from last season, this season. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, what do you make of him? Do you think he is a a good player or do you think that yeah, absolutely. he's just one of those players who racks up the goals yeah. but doesn't offer much? At the end of the day that's what you need. I know for a fact that if you offered Hearts right now that type of goal scorer, that many goals, you take them. You need goals. Simple as that. It's about getting the best out of your players and that's something that Aberdeen have done the last few years with him. Even in Europe as well, I know they've not went far at all, but in qualifiers he's the one that gets the goals for them. He's a good player that can do it on any stage. Uh, so it was a bit of a shot to see him dropped. Um, Curtis Main obviously was a man brought in and he scored how many minutes in? 15 minutes in he scored. Yeah, really, really, good, really, really good nice finish. goal. Really nice goal. A great assist from Considine. He actually got two good assists that game. Two great balls in. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think Cosgrove and Main aren't kind of two players you could play together, though. I feel they're quite similar players. Mm. Uh, maybe Because it was McGinn off. It was Neil McGinn who was playing exactly. off. Exactly. And Neil McGinn, great footballer, who yeah. is you know, uh, the kind of player you want playing off people. Um, obviously, as well, scored during that game. Uh, but it is, it's a bit of a shock, but at the same time, you can understand McInnes can't get both of them in the same lineup. I, I would say Cosgrove is a better player than Curtis Main, that's for sure, but I, I don't think you can rule out Curtis Main too early. Um, and that goal broke um, Aberdeen's scoring duct. It had been six, goals with, six games sorry, mm. without a goal from um, open play, but then they all flooded in that first half. It was yeah. Curtis Main, like you said, now McGinn, and then Conor McLennan, McLennan added a third. Um, there was a late consolation for Hamilton yeah. but I think what's interesting heading into this weekend is Aberdeen have um, Celtic at Bataudry mm. and will the personnel stay the same or will the shape stay the same because they played a back three which would match Celtic up and sometimes when you've got wing backs the best thing to do is to yeah, match the defence up but the wing backs were Matty Kennedy 
and Conor McLaren, which are very much wingers playing wing backs. Attacking wingers. And absolutely. how would though, how would Matt Kent and Conor McLaren deal with James Forrest and then whoever out of Johnny Hayes, Greg Taylor and Boyd yeah, Bongoli plays on the left for Celtic? You'd have to worry that you'd have Celtic to would get in behind far too easily. You have to switch out Kennedy and McLennan, in my opinion. I, I'm not sure who it would be that replaces them, but you'd have to go more defensive than that. I don't you know, know Shea Logan is, Shea Logan's is usual. much more defensive option. Would you keep Constantine centre-back, probably? You can play wing-back. He's not going to down that wing. He's not going to Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, no, I think they'll probably keep the same kind of shape. They'll change the personnel. Whether I think we'll see Cosgrove come back in, because... Curtis Main, like he's only really proven he can get the goals against those sort of teams. I've not seen him score many goals against top top teams. Prove me, tell me if I'm wrong. But mm. I think Cosgrove's the man to go with for the next game. It's it's just a bad time for Aberdeen. Like you said, they finally broke that duck, and then it's likely they're going to go into this game and not score another goal. Yeah. It's the worst time that game could come. Tough one. Um, from Anaki's perspective, it was a bit disappointing. We've seen them have two good performances against both of the old firm. Four-one losses in both of them, which sounds pretty bad, but mm. they actually did play, bad play well in both yeah. of them. And something who's really shone out this season for um, Hamlin is Alex Gogic, who just screens that defence perfectly. And I was watching the game, and he didn't have his best game, but when I've seen him other times this season, I thought he's exactly the type of player who Hibs are surely crying out for. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Hibs have try. had a really good transfer window. And brought in quality players, Mark Minotti, Stefan Omionga, Greg Doherty. But Omionga and Doherty, they're more box-to-box, if anything, attacking midfielders. Mm. They, they still need that def- the defensive midfielder to just sit on top yeah, of that definitely. Um, back four, I think. Well, they, they, they did have Josh Vela, who Heckenbottom brought in, and that is, yeah, is one of the worst signings I've seen in recent right, time. Yeah, Shocking signing. Right yeah. So, we're talking about Hibs now. Let's move on to their fantastic 3-0 win over Ross County. Mm. Um, what did you make of Hibs in this game? Oh, I thought, Impressive. I thought they were superb. Yeah, I don't think I think they were flattered by Ross County being pretty poor. I didn't just from the highlights alone, the defending was really sloppy. The passing in all thirds of the pitch, even their own half, you, you, you play it safe, go direct. They just done nothing like that. Spraying balls in the middle of the pitch right to Scott Allen, the most dangerous player you can pass it to there. But Hibs were brilliant. Uh, McNulty also got that early goal. Dodge scored a great diving header, which is. What I love to see. Christian Deutsch, I feel like he scores every week. And he does. And but he's the most. If you looked at him, you'd never think he'd get like a goal a week. You just wouldn't think it. He's always right so place, right time. Yeah, proper and culture. And I think he's sort of in, not in danger, but he could go in that sort of same category as Sam Cosgrove is. Yeah. Oh, well, he scores goals, but uh, where else does he do? But his link up play is good. I've seen him in other times this year. You just have to see how much the Hibs fans love him. Hibs fans absolutely love him now that he started scoring goals after hating him for going for. I don't know how many games at the start of the season without yeah, scoring a struggled, long, struggled. long period. But um, no, he's bounced back big time. He's playing really well, a lot of goals. And I'll say Jackson got a goal, 84 minutes it was. Um, I think two of them, two of them from corners, both of them nil getting the assist. I'm sure Scott Allen got an assist for the first one. Yeah, he slipped it through. Baxter comes running out, which I'm not really sure and about. And McNulty yeah. slips underneath yeah. him, yeah. But that just shows how important nil and um, Allen will be as well with their playmaking, for sure. Um, and it's easy for it. Hibs missed a penalty as well. McNulty smashed it. It was right before the Jackson goal they scored from the corner. So it um, just shows how dominant they were. They had a lot of chances. Yeah, County still struggling for form, but they got that impressive win over Livingston um, in the last round of Premiership fixtures. But Livy were right back on track when they uh, yeah, welcomed St Mirren to the Tony Macaroni Arena. They're just, they just don't seem to stop Livy this season. Oh, um, what have you made of them so far? They're just so hard to beat. They're really hard to beat. When when they do slip up, they slip up quite hard. They'll maybe get beat by like two or three goals. But Lyndon Dykes up front grabs goals. Again, he's in the exact same category as Cosgrove and Dodge. Just you wouldn't think it, but that man will get you goals. 
um, a lawless penalty which Dykes won. Dykes won the penalty. It was a brilliant, like, sort of turned his body so he would take be taken down by the man. Really smart bit of play. And to us, St Mirren, they got that goal back, but it never really looked like Livery were in any doubt, did it? And that, I think that f this Dykes' goal is a fantastic finish, a really good finish into the corner. Um, and Livy's home form is outstanding. If, you, if the table was just done on yeah. home games, they'd be third in the table. They've only lost twice this season mm -hmm. um, at Almond Vale. But on the other side of that, if you look at just the away games, yeah, they'd yeah. be seventh in the table. Mm -hmm. um, and they've only won twice on the road. So, I mean, it sounds strange saying it, but if they want to keep up this push for third mm -hmm. for European football, yeah, which they are in because mm -hmm. they're only four Absolutely. points off, yep. Aberdeen and Motherwell who are joint third, then they are going to have to address their away form. Yeah, definitely. It's it's weird to think that their home stadium, which is known for being empty, is like a fortress to them. Like you look at Hearts, you know, like Hearts and Hibs are struggling sometimes at home, but Livy really are doing really well. But definitely, their away form, they'll need to improve it. Um, and they're that sort of team as well. They've got a really good mentality, so it's weird to see that. You think they'd lose just because of their maybe perceived lack of quality. That's a bit harsh, but um, definitely, if they improve their away form, they could go. They could go for Europe, hundred percent. And one of the reasons that Liv are now feeling better about their third place hopes is that Motherwell continued their sort of dodgy run of form. They went to St Johnston and thanks to a 93rd minute Chris Kane goal lost 2-1. And they were reduced to 10 men. How did you see those two yellow cards for I thought um, the, first one, the first one I thought was harsh, if I'm being honest. Like, he had this, he, was that a trip or a hand on the back? Kind of a bit And the player sort of went over him, but you can tell from the other angle, it really looks like the player just froze himself to the ground. First bit of contact, delayed. The ref's position, probably, it looks like a booking to him. If there was a linesman there, he maybe should have seen it, but it's harsh, but I guess it is a booking. The second one, don't know about you, but I think it is a, I think it is a simulation. I think he's definitely looking for the foul, at least. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely a dive. I don't know if he needs to become for the first one. Mm. I think it's one of those ones that's... I mean, it depends, obviously, how the referee yeah, sees it. Yeah. But that one, can, you can maybe feel a bit hard done by by that. Um, the first goal that St Johnson conceded, uh, what is Xander Clark doing? Oh, I, I can't even... <sighs> you're a goalkeeper, you're allowed to dive, you're allowed to use your hands. Why is he trying to scoop the ball up? Is it still on his feet? Still on his feet. He's played across the opposite corner to him, to and he just tries down. to almost stop it it's with like his hands. It's like he's stretching or something, and he just slaps at it, hits the post, and his delayed reaction is so slow that it just rolls across the goal line, and then it, it's shocking, embarrassing. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> should be Scotland keeper. It should be. Yeah, it really should be. Good. Sub at least. Um, both of them have got sort of um, out of form teams next, so they were hoping to pick up some points. Motherwell at home to St Mirren, so mm -hmm. you'd be expecting them to pick up at least a point there. And St Johnston go up to Ross County, so County, they're yeah. struggling well. as well. So could see, and St Johnston are in the conversation for top six. I've got to say, if St Johnston, I don't know about top six myself, but if they beat, um, you said it was Ross County they're playing, yep. if they beat Ross County below them, they're definitely, they're, they're so safe from relegation in my opinion. I know it's the split, they could lose all five games or something, but if they win that and Hearts lose, they'd be 15 points ahead of Hearts and they'd be 14 ahead of Hamilton. I just don't see them in the relegation picture anymore. Yeah, and I mean, you could say you expect two of Livy, Hibs and Kelly to finish above them, but they're only two points behind Kilmarnock and yeah. they've got a game in hand, albeit as against Rangers. Yeah. Um, 
So we're going to move on for um, coming up next. We're going to have um, a little discussion about what's happening at English Championship and further afield in Europe. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the Premier League. Radio Energy, the sound of students. Okay, so we will kick off with the EFL Championship. Some key results over the past two, three days. Um, we saw 16th place Reading get beat off West Brom. That leaves West Brom sitting top of the title. Uh, sorry, top of the league, going for the title. Um, they're pulling away from Leeds. Leeds, they played fourth place Brentford, and that ended a 1-1 draw. That's put Brentford right back into contention. Fulham, who could have took over Leeds, um, the other day, they managed to only stumble to a 1-1 draw away at Millwall. That is a big missed opportunity for them to take over Leeds, who are struggling recently. Millwall still sitting mid-table. Um, the pick of the round was Bristol City. They beat Derby County 3-2. Both of them sitting a bit mid-table, Derby struggling, but Bristol really pushing for the playoffs now. And we've also got Luton Town. Luton Town, this is a big shock result of the round. They beat Went uh, Sheffield Wednesday 1-0. They're still sitting in 23rd place, but for a club like Luton to be even fighting to stay out of relegation is really impressive in that league. Um, moving on, we will... Oh, sorry, you've got something to say? I was say? just going to say that the, the playoff picture is mm -hmm. outstanding. They're only oh. separated by a few points, and they, were, they all had their chances. I mean, yeah. Leeds, were, Leeds and West Brom looked like they were streaking away, and then yeah. Leeds have just... And West Brom as well had a really dodgy run of yeah, form, yeah. but they've picked it back up. I mean, Brentford could have overtaken them if they beat Leeds, but they couldn't do it. Fulham could have taken their spot. Yep. I mean, Preston had a good win to keep them above Bristol in the playoff race. But as always, the championship's just yeah, really, really it's, exciting. It's actually, it's a shame how underappreciated the championship is. 46 games, teams just all over the place. As soon as they have a chance to take something, they almost always miss it. It's a really, really exciting league, especially for the playoffs and the automatic spots. Uh, it looks like West Brom are pulling away now in first. They're six, four points clear, four, six points six. clear? Six. Um, they're doing really well just now after that dodgy bit of form, as you said. But yeah, yeah, even Leeds, Brentford and Fulham all going for second and about 10 teams that can still finish in the top six. Um, next up, we've got the Copa del Rey. Um, it was the first leg of the semi-final. Athletic Bilbao beating Granada 1-0 and playing tonight as we record on Thursday. Real Sociedad versus second division Mirandas. What do you think about that, Sean? Um, admittedly, I've not seen much of <laughs> second division Mirandas. Um, but... The exciting thing about the Copa del Rey this year is they got rid of, I know you're saying it's the first leg in the semi-final, but all ties used to be um, yeah. two legs. Mm -hmm. And that just obviously heavily favours um, the big teams. I mean, you could go away, you could get Real Madrid to your patch and maybe beat them on the day. Yeah. But then they just take it to the Bernabeu and probably it's put definitely. three or four past you. Definitely. But um, the fact that they've changed it to one means that Real Madrid are out. Barcelona are out. Yep. All uh, the big teams. Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, yep. Valencia. So we're, it's the first time that one of those five teams, uh, so we're going to have a different winner yeah. outside those outside five for the five. first time since 2006. That's 2006? So oh, wow. So and it was Espanol. Espanol. Espanol there you go. There you go. See, I know my stuff. Uh, you know your know stuff, stuff, mate. But uh, yeah, it's really exciting though. Really exciting. It could be as well a, um, a Bass Derby in the final. Bilbao Sociedad. Yeah, they played Bass. each other just after they both knocked out. Um, Real Madrid and Barcelona, uh -huh. Sotis had one. Did they? Alexander oh, Isaac was a player. Great, great, great game, if that is the final. 
not so much if it's Granada Miranda, <laughs> but still, you know. Uh, next up, the Copa Italia, that was very much the same. There was a semi-final first leg between Inter and Napoli. Napoli got a 1-0 win at Inter Milan San Siro. Playing tonight will be Milan and Juve. Again, that's the complete opposite. It is the four, probably the biggest teams in Italy. Go even not by talent, but by prestige. Four best teams going for the final. I mean, the Rome clubs would probably have something to say about that. I guess. But, um, I mean, and I don't know because Inter and Juve will very much be keen to focus on the title race, so maybe Inter especially haven't won a title in, yeah, they're uh, for that. I mean, since Mourinho days, mm -hmm. probably. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe they could be excused yeah. for not performing too much in the Cup. Um, and um, AC Milan have had a really good turn of form recently, so maybe they'll help yeah, do something yeah, against yeah. Juventus tonight. I definitely, I agree. I definitely think Napoli and Milan will be the ones winning that. Milan, because they've 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 been worse than Inter in the last 10, 20 years. Well, not 20, but 10 years or so. Definitely. They've really fallen from grace. Napoli have had a pretty bad season, really bad. Uh, so they'll be looking for some sort of silverware to claw back, you know. So we'll now move on to looking ahead to the Premier League weekend. The Premier League winter break, where there's still six games. I mean, it's good as a fan, but yeah. I mean, all on TV. It's a, but it's a, a bit. It's a it's fake winter break, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, kicking off the weekend on Friday night, it's Wolves against Leicester. Two of the teams that over the last couple of years you've just like you just love watching them. Yeah, definitely. They're so up and down as well. You never know what's going on with them. Like Leicester, don't really need to tell anyone the title race, and then the next season almost getting relegated under the same manager and Craig Shakespeare coming in lifting them back up Champions League quarterfinals it's unbelievable and the Wolves obviously were there um, they're backing from Fosun and their Portuguese links where they brought in per, um, who's the goalkeeper again number 11 for who sorry Wolves Patricio Patricio that's the one I was about to say forever I'm still <laughs> <laughs> um, still raging Moutinho Olive, you know, they've got a really good squad both of them now going for European football this season above all odds Wolves sitting in ninth just now but it's just it's points difference between ninth and places like 5th and 4th um, a really exciting game with two really entertaining teams um, the early kickoff on Saturday Southampton Burnley um, they're both in good form they've both pulled away from those relegation spaces Um Danny Ings Derby. Um, I think Southampton are the interesting one here. Ralph yeah. Hasenhut was a really good coach. Yeah, they've jumped up to 15th now. Um, like you said, they have got Danny Ings now. That is the advantage they have over Burnley. Um, Burnley sitting in 11th despite, I don't think they've done anything remarkable this season, but they're sitting in 11th place. Same points as Arsenal. Same points as Arsenal, exactly. And Chris would, would say something about that Danny Ings comment. <sighs> I don't know. He'd smash him in a fight. He would, but... Danny Ings would score more goals. <laughs> Guess no, that's really it for for a game that's probably the least interesting. There, still a pretty exciting fixture. Later on on Saturday, Liverpool go to Carrow Road. That's an interesting one. I mean, Liverpool haven't lost a game in well over a year now, mm. so I mean you can't get too excited about stuff like this. But Norwich have caused Spurs problems at Carrow Road. They caused Man City a big problem at Carrow Road. Beat mm. them there. Yep. Um, how do you see this one going? Well, I don't think you can see it going any other way than a Liverpool win, but it would just be such a Liverpool thing to finally lose all these records, all this unbeaten run stuff, and for them to drop it to bottom place Norwich. Bottom place. Or really, like, not even bottom place by like a point. I think they're six points adrift from 19th place. Yeah, they are place. struggling. Not even close to 17th just now. I think Norwich have won one of their last five. Liverpool haven't won in over a year, like you said, and they're just haven't a few lost. wins away from the title. <laughs> yes, they haven't lost. They have drawn stuff, but... 
it has to be a multiple goal win for Liverpool, surely. But in the reverse fixture, the first game, these are these fixtures this weekend are yeah. from um, the same fixtures that opened up the Premier League season. Um, they really rep- impressed, especially in that first no, half. They played Liverpool off the pitch. They really did. Like, and you thought this team's going to be absolutely fine. I remember saying it to all my. F- I, mean, yeah. I watched a bit of them in the Championship last season. They yeah, played beautiful they football, brilliant. team of mm-hmm. and um, some have some fantastic players, and I thought they're going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, but they're just too open at the back. Yeah, definitely. Um, that first game, obviously, one thing that sticks out my mind is a Hanley on goal. But I remember thinking, even when we got a goal or two or whatever. Norwich looked really, really dangerous, and I thought, yeah, they'd be. I thought they'd do what Sheffield United have done, and thought they'd be maybe not going for Europe, but overextended and maybe going for top ten push or something, kind of like Bournemouth did in their first season up, and it just hasn't turned out that way. The first game on Sunday, Tottenham Hotspur travelled to Aston Villa. Villa are a weird one because in my head they're doing absolutely fine, mm-hmm. and they're sort of lower mid table, yep. and they're not. No, they're 17th. Do you uh, feel like that? Or have yeah, I just made no, that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Every, I've not seen any even criticism about them or anything. We've seen that with Norwich, we've seen it with teams like Southampton, Burnley. Bournemouth, Bournemouth have really got it. Bournemouth, yeah, aye, they've got really a lot of stick recently, but I don't know what it is about Aston Villa. They just seem to be like gliding slowly towards relegation after a fairly decent start, if I remember rightly. I could be wrong, but I thought they were doing okay. And all of a sudden, we're getting into February and a point or two off relegation. No John McGinn, that's what No it is. John McGinn, that's no exactly John McGinn. what it is. Need the Scotsman in there, absolutely. Um, Spurs still chasing top four, they're, defi- they're still in the conversation and yeah. as Chelsea's dodgy form continues. Um, what have you made of Spurs under Mourinho? I think inconsistent, would that be fair? I, I, one minute they look like a proper Mourinho unit, they look like the Inter Milan Champions League winning team, then the next minute they look like Aston Villa, and they're just, I don't know what it is, you see them sometimes, you think, yeah, they'll get fourth place, and then other times you're thinking, they're going to be down with Arsenal soon, mid-table. It's a tough one, I think, they'll, I think they'll still get Europe, whether it's because teams win the Cups and they finish seventh or whatever and still get in, but, yeah, I still think they'll get Europe. Right, call it now, getting Europe ahead of who? Well, I'm not saying they're getting Champions League, I'm saying they'll get maybe Europa League even, they'll finish fifth or sixth, in my opinion. At I the think expense of who? Because uh, oh, you've got Wolves in that conversation, Man United in that conversation, no, no, Sheffield United are in that conversation. If, anyone, if anyone's going to fall out off that top six, I don't want to, because I really love them, but Sheffield United, if they did slip up, if they just fell short at the end, you couldn't blame them, but um, they would fall out. Tottenham maybe fifth, but if someone like Wolves has a really great end to season, maybe Tottenham settle for sixth. Which I don't think's a disgrace, considering they got Champions League last season and they're transitioning from Poch to Mourinho. Pretty big transition, you know. I think Sheffield United will finish top four. Um, <laughs> I want them to. And then the Monday Night Football rounding off the weekend. It's Chelsea versus Man United. Mm. Met each other twice already this season. Yep. Two wins for Man United. Yep. Um, the big news coming today as we record, Hakim Ziyech looks to be heading to Stamford Bridge. Mm-hmm. In the summer, thirty-three million pounds is the current number floating about. What do you make of that signing? Good signing, really good signing, because you've got Pedro and William clearly on their way out. They, even, they, I think the fans have decided that. I don't think the club has to. William's the not been mind. bad. William yeah. Lampard likes William, but he's he's, he's only got a certain amount of time left. He's a scapegoat. Simple as that. As soon as things go wrong, they seem to point to him. I don't know if it's a work rate thing or I don't know. Or maybe he doesn't turn up on the big occasion. But Chelsea fans just seem to be turning their back on him very quickly. Obviously, they've got Pulisic, they've got Hudson-Odoi, 
they've got some really good talent that attacking mid winger sort of role, uh, a ten or eleven or seven. But yeah, Ziyech, great deal, great player um, for thirty three million as well. Pretty solid signing. Um, I think you'd agree. Yeah, good signing. I'm pretty sure his contract was up in the summer, but basically he couldn't get agreed with uh, anyone, so he was like, oh, I'll go back to Sign a new one, then. make some money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, both these teams have struggled for consistency. Yeah, definitely. Um, where do you see this one sort of going? Do you think either of them have got a particular I, upper hand? I, I think it's impossible to call. I, I don't think you should be putting an accumulator or anything. Chelsea <laughs> have drawn three of their last five, winning one, losing one. Man United have lost three of their last five, winning one, drawn one. <laughs> Chelsea fourth, United eighth, but they're only six points apart. United don't have Rashford, but Fernandez is coming in. I couldn't call it. I'm not even going to try. United <laughs> are only six points off. Chelsea. Of Chelsea in the fourth space. Chelsea are 41, they are 35. That is how close it is. It's, it's like the championship. What do you think? So, Because people have been critical of this and the fact that, um, that it's all so congested there. I mean, Arsenal are on the same amount of points as Burnley and I mean, United have been getting criticised all season but they're only six points on the champion, yeah. Champions League. People have been saying this is just a Premier League season that from Liverpool and then maybe City down just for the poor teams, what's your stance on that sort of argument? I don't think so. I think Liverpool are beyond any team we've seen before. They can be compared to the Arsenal Invincibles and the City Centurions. They can be compared. I don't no, mind. No Fergie teams? Yeah, I suppose, but I wouldn't say... I suppose. People say the treble team, though, and I don't think that's right. I'd say maybe the 2008 team, the Ronaldo, the Tevez, the Rooney, that team. Great team, Champions League final. I don't think it's the year they won, but they've done pretty damn well. Um, you probably remember that treble team quite well. Eh? Wage were you then? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, no, I think they're up there. City, City are still playing really well. I think any other season, if we went back to the season Leicester won the title, Man City would be winning it this year with the points stuff they have. I think it's harsh that they're getting such harsh treatment. Um, but below them, Leicester and Sheffield United, not out of nowhere for Leicester, but out of nowhere for Sheffield United coming up. It's just a massive scrap. Like, I, I think they're not all so poor. I think they just keep taking points off each other. And that doesn't happen as often as usual. And people are just aren't used to it. So people are just saying they're useless. It's, it's just not true. This is the big tie of the weekend. Sheffield United breathing down Chelsea's neck, only two points behind them. United keen to stay in that top six and maybe even top four hunt. So that is the big one to look for in the yeah, Premier League this week. Absolutely. But we're going to close off the show with what will be a regular segment. So I'm going to ask you, in the world of football, uh -huh. where's your game of the weekend, Cameron? Game of the weekend it is on Saturday, the 15th. It's in La Liga, and it's a huge tie. Barcelona, Getafe. Now, Getafe, if you're not catching up with Spanish football, you probably wouldn't think much, but they are currently sitting third. They are going for Champions League spot. They're doing really well against teams, like, punching way above their weight, Valencia, Sevilla. All They're above Atletico. Blown Atletico out. Atletico, exactly. Like, Atletico still have a good team with Diego Semenyi. Like, there's no problem there. Getafe are just playing that well. Barcelona had a lot of issues recently. Struggling. Again, it's harsh to say struggling second place, but they kind of are. Infighting between Messi and Abidal. Yep. See this? Abidal, the one of the like, sporting director. Thank you. Um, massive bust up there, apparently, behind the scenes. And I think Getafe maybe going to the new camp. If they take something from this, I, I see them getting Champions League football this season. I don't see them falling away. Stiles' contrast have been interesting there because Kiki Setien, the new um, Barcelona manager, mm -hmm. is very much a disciple of Johan Cruyff and, and idolises him yep. and wants to play that sort of attacking total football. Getafe are very much set in, yeah. nick a win, and... Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Setien deals with that. Definitely, 100%. What about you then? So, we're both so 
football hipster. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to watch either game, but I mean, because Premier Sports is expensive. Exactly. But I've went to Italy, mm-hmm. and I think it's, I for me, it's undoubtedly the biggest game of the weekend. Lazio against Inter. So if you were to look at the um, Serie A table, Inter are top on 54, Juve on goal difference second, yep. also on 54 points, and then Lazio just one point behind them um, on 53. It was a slow start to the season for Lazio. I mean, a lot of people um, would have watched them lose twice to Celtic. Yeah, and they exactly. didn't look, yeah. I mean, Celtic were very, very good, mm-hmm. but they didn't look didn't sort of like they'd be title challengers mm-hmm. in Italy, but uh, they won 11 consecutive games between October and January. Chino Mobley is already on 25 league goals oh, in mid-February, Crazy. which is ridiculous. Yes. Um, so they're really exciting. Mm-hmm. Inter, um, they're back on top of the table. Juve slipped up against Verona last week, and they came from behind to beat Milan in the derby. Okay. Um, 2-0 down at half-time, ended up winning 4-2, and Conte's really turned them into title Absolutely. challengers. Yep. He's changed them. They're not just chan- they're not just trying to get Champions League. This is a team he's desperate to win, and that's why he made big additions in the in the January window there. Eriksson and Ashley Young, Ashley Victor Moses, <laughs> big additions. Um, and I think it's interesting. It's good to talk about this this week because I don't know if you, did you see Sam Allardyce's comments on Talksport. I didn't know. Oh, it was brilliant. I, I do not listen to anything he says. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, um, but he so he was on Talksport and he was talking about those rumours that Pet might go to UV. Okay, and he said that. Pep would completely change the way UV play because we all know that the Italian style of football is really negative and UV are just trying to nick a goal, get one nils and um, I'm paraphrasing them obviously yeah, but yeah. Um, he said Italian football is really defensive and really negative um, so Sam Allardyce hasn't watched Italian football I mean, At- he, he, Atalanta have scored something like 61 goals he, he this maybe, season he's maybe been watching something like 1990s Catanaccio and, and stuff the, but the weird yeah, thing is that, like that the Juventus manager is Maurizio Sarri, who was at Chelsea last season, who we all know plays expansive football. <laughs> so, we're wrong with him. So, I don't think Sam Allardyce will be watching this game. No. But if anyone else can, I recommend they would because it should be a good one. Yes, but no one has Premier Sports. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do. Maybe. <laughs> um, so, I guess that's all from us this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back next week to discuss the return of the Champions League. Yes, Are you excited? Brilliant. Absolutely buzzing. Super. Liverpool, Atletico Madrid. Oh. Big one. If they lose, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm done. 5-0 from Celtic was enough. So. Big Atletico fan, are you? Oh, huge. <laughs> um, and Dortmund PSG, which should just be full of goals. Crazy Both good. of them I mean, yep. have such good attacking Both. talents and then same struggle ta- to defend. Same tactics as well. They're just going to They're just going to go for it. Oh, huge. I think about all the players in the pick. I mean, Neymar's a doubt now, but I mean... Um, Jaden Sancho, Haaland, Royce, Bran, and then on the other side you've got Di Maria, Mbappe, Cavani, Cardi. Massive. Uh, it's going to be such a good game. Huge. So Huge. we'll discuss all that and more next week. Do you want to say goodbye, Cameron? Goodbye. And we'll see you later. Bye bye. <laughs>